Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Inspiring you to bring God back into the conversation of the day. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Good morning, or good afternoon, or good evening, depending uh, where you're listening and how you're listening. This is Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge on the Faith Radio Network, and it is December the 18th. Mm -hmm. It's a Monday. We are definitely on the countdown. A week from today is... mm -hmm. What's a week from today, Paul? One week from today. Christmas! Yeah! My favorite! (laughs) It's Christmas! All right. So just so that you know, my um my table in my living room is I'm going to use the word littered because that's what it looks like. It's not actual litter, but, you know, it's littered with Christmas cards, those that are coming in and then those that are preparing to go out. But I'm just going to go ahead and confess my Christmas cards are definitely not getting out until probably like the 12th day of Christmas, which will be like the 5th of January. <clears throat> yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling fairly confident that my Christmas cards are going to get out during Christmas tide, but not by Christmas. That's not happening. Um and then there is the whole gift wrapping situation at my house that is unfolding as well. So, I had taken on the uh what I thought was a really good idea of like assigning a particular wrapping paper to each person. You know, I have this giant growing family. And so just keeping up with whose wrapping paper is, is which is now it's like requires a whole room. Like I have the guest room completely set apart right now for the, uh, you know, the sectioning off of gifts for all of my 19 people. And um, and then, you know, each one has their own assigned wrapping paper and the, the family continues to grow for which we are so grateful and thankful. Um, but people are moving into that guest room uh, on Thursday, and I will. I have like no hope of having all of that done. So there you go. I'm gonna. I need some Christmas card prayers. I need some gift wrapping prayers. I'm wondering what prayers you could use. I had a friend uh, two weeks ago who specifically asked that um, we would pray for her family's Christmas miracle, and she didn't go into a lot of detail. She said, you know, God knows the miracle that our family needs. Would you pray with us for our family's Christmas miracle? God God knows what it is. God knows what we need. And so I'm wondering if today um, you have one of those. You've got a Christmas miracle that you and or your family really needs. Could you let me know on the text line, 877-933-2484? I'm just going to put you on my Needs a Christmas miracle gift list. God God knows what it is, right? Um, if you need a Christmas miracle, if your family needs a Christmas miracle, would you let me know? Just just text me. Just you know, raise your hand on the text line, 877-933-2484. I would um I'd love to be praying for you and your family 
for the Christmas miracle that God knows you need. Um, I don't have to have all the details, right? I just, I just need to know that you recognize your need for a Christmas miracle and God's power and ability to answer that prayer. Um, I'd like to be praying for you. And so if you need a Christmas miracle, if your family needs a pr- Christmas miracle, just just let me know. Um, I'd, I'd love to be praying for you. My friend who um, asked me to be praying um, for her family's Christmas miracle that they need, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just rejoicing that God is working that out in his time and in his way, and I'm grateful and thankful to, um, to see his work uh, in their family um, at this particular time. There's a lot of folks out there, a lot of folks who do need a miracle this Christmas. Uh, the U.S. count of homeless people has now surged to the highest level on record. There are more now more than 653,000 people. <clears throat> um, the increase reflects, uh, you know, what they're describing as a collision of factors, rising housing costs, limited affordable housing, the opioid epidemic, um, the expired pandemic uh, era aid that did help keep some people in their residences, um, migrants, uh, in shelters, particularly in New York City and Massachusetts and Chicago, have contributed to uh, this this homeless count. So the homeless count has now surged um, like twelve percent in the last year. That that's incredible. Um, and so we want to be we want to be praying for. We want to be intervening. We want to be looking for real solutions that are both personal and systemic. Obviously, if you're talking about, um, you know, more than a half a million people who are lacking any kind of permanent housing, um, you know, you you have a tremendous need and crisis. And so let's be thinking about, um, not just thinking about those folks, but uh, collaborating in our own communities and and helping uh, identify and create resources um, for folks who are otherwise unsheltered. And we certainly want to recognize and acknowledge that at Christmas, we actually talk about somebody who left his heavenly home to come to a place where he never owned a home. He, he had no place to lay his head. It's easy to think of, um, of people who are homeless as being in need But Jesus, as a person who was homeless, not only had everything he needed, he had everything we needed as well. So maybe there's a way to pivot our view uh, as well, not only of homelessness, but of those who are living um, homeless. You never know when you're entertaining an angel unawares. Our friend Dr. Linda Mental is going to join us next. Um, We're going to talk about what it looks like to have certainty and to live with certainty in times of such great uncertainty. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Our friend Dr. Linda Mental is back. You can listen to the Dr. Linda Mental show right here on the Faith Radio Network. You can also find her online, drlindamental.com. Good morning, Linda. Good morning and Merry Christmas to you and everyone listening. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, M-E-R-R-Y, and Merry 
Christmas, M-A-R-Y. Yes. In great, times great of segue. uncertainty, have the faith of Mary. I'm looking at um looking at your most recent post on on this subject of um of yeah, having the faith of Mary, having the certainty or the certain faith of Mary in such times of uncertainty. So how about you just walk us into this? So I've read the Christmas story like you multiple times in my life, right? And so I'm reading through it this last time, um, you know, recent time, and I, I all of a sudden I'm just really struck by the fact that, you know, we know the story. I mean, here's this girl and this angel appears, and it's like this news that is, I mean, I don't even know how you imagine what is being told to you. But what really struck me wasn't so much what was said, and while that's wonderful and obviously very important in terms of our lives and history, it was her reaction to all of that that really struck me this time. And I'm thinking, you know, if that was me, Carmen, I would be like, wait a minute, what? And let me ask you like a hundred questions. Now, she did ask, how is this going to happen? So she did ask one question. But what really struck me about that is when all of this incredible stuff was told to her, she really just cooperated with God. And her comment was, well, let it be according to your word. And I was so profoundly impacted by that because I thought how many times when I know that God is leading me to something or that there's something I'm supposed to be doing, and maybe because it's directed in his word, maybe because I'm impressed by the Holy Spirit to do it, whatever it might be, how many times do I react with just complete faith and then trusting God? And then at the end, she worships on top of everything else. So I think looking at the way she accepted what God had you know, delivered the message to her with such humility, which with such trust. I mean, I, I joked in the blog about, you know, instead of our song, Mary, did you know? It should have been, Mary, you didn't know much, but you went with it, right? Mm -hmm, <laughs> because mm -hmm. there was so little information there. So when we're facing times of uncertainty, and there's so many people that are hearing our voices right now that have a lot of uncertainty in their life. You know, maybe they're facing a terminal illness. I know my my best friend is about to put her mom in hospice. And mm. we had a couple in our Sunday school class uh, last week whose daughter and son-in-law were killed on a small airplane mm. crash and left two small children without parents, without both mm -hmm. of their parents right before Christmas. And I thought the uncertainty of their lives and what's going to happen. And there are just so many things that people are dealing with, the relationships that are that are not going well and kids who don't know the Lord and so many things that, you know, you were asking people to, you know, pray for a miracle and join into mm -hmm. that. But we have so much uncertainty. And the question is, do we face it with that faith of Mary? Do we really say, okay, God, I don't understand it. I don't know what's going to happen. I know you've promised that you're going to order my steps. And and I love that scripture in Proverbs 16, where it says the heart of a man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. So do we really trust in all this uncertainty as we go forward into whatever it is we're facing? Can we not be anxious about everything, but can we really, with humility, trust the Lord and walk in that faith? I think that's a real challenge that we all have, not only at the time of Christmas, but throughout the year. When I think about um, all the needs that people have and the uncertainty that folks are facing, um, yeah, I think relationships are 
um, they're part of that. Like, you know, you know, getting through the first Christmas without my fill in the blank or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or facing the first Christmas with this additional person in our family. Like, right. I mean, all mm-hmm. in it, relationships bring change. Um, and, and there's uncertainty there. I think the financial uncertainty that a lot of folks are facing, physical challenges, um, the the uncertainty or the fear that some people have just in relationship to world events. Um, mm-hmm. it, there's just a lot, right? And natural disaster, um, accidents. I mean, there's the uncertainty part of this, the waiting on a diagnosis or, you know, I've got a test this week or, you know, all those kinds of things. Um, uncertainty about the future. We can be content. We can live, we can actually live possessed with the peace that passes all understanding. If we're confident in who God is and that he is good. Like part of this is about a knowledge, a certain knowledge of the character and goodness of God. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. And during the Advent, you know, season, when we're looking at each of the candles every week, if that's the tradition in your church, like it is in mine, you know, we begin with hope, which is something that we all have to right have to hold on to. But then we're looking at peace and having peace and even joy this last mm-hmm. um, Sunday. So how do you have peace and joy throughout all of this uncertainty that we're facing? It really takes a reset. I think mentally you have to get your mind back on, all right, there's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of really good reasons to be anxious. I mean, if you don't have God, your natural state should be probably anxiety. But with Christ in us and with his presence, and that's what Christmas reminds us of, right? God, Emmanuel, God with us, with him with us, then this is where we dig in and we begin to feel that peace that passes all understanding that the scripture talks about, where we begin to have joy in the middle of things that shouldn't make any sense to have joy because it's the joy of the Lord that is our strength. So this is where we really need to take a reset and really make sure that we're not, you know, focusing on all the uh, other things, the distractions of Christmas, but we're really focusing on that Christ child and what he brought into the world and his glorious light that pierced the darkness that night that he was born. Um, why do we wrap gifts? Do you have any idea? I don't, you know, I'm facing Christmas wrapping paper. Uh, it's a bit. <laughs> I, I have the same problem you do, Carmen. So I have a room upstairs. Tempted. Same oh. thing. Guest room. They're coming in Friday. I got an extra day right. that you do. <laughs> I just, I'm so, t- so my parents didn't wrap gifts, like, but there were only two of us, you know, like there are only two kids. Yeah. So I think it was not. It was not difficult to be like, okay, we could leave the gifts unwrapped because, you know, the pink bike is for Tiana and the green bike is for Carmen. Like, right? It wasn't like, oh, there's not. So I just, I'm just wondering. I have a whole gift wrapping anxiety right now. Well, yeah, and gonna, I, uh, I loved your, I loved your paper for each person. I thought, oh, wait, I is do. that OCD? such a great idea. Is that OCD? So What's going on here? I don't know. It was so, well, it was so fun. It meant I didn't have to do tags, which says a little bit about me that I like find yeah. it easier to pass the gifts out if. I can just tell by yeah. the paper whose it is. But then there's the so system. many people that I know, but then there's so many people I'm like, I have to look at a chart to remember whose paper <laughs> it is. And so wouldn't I it just be that. easier to have a tag? Like I just yeah, I 
It's a problem. I'm a mess. All right. We're going to have confidence um, in you. I have confidence. You're going to figure this out before Thursday. I just know you will. Uh, yeah. We're going to have a scavenger hunt, something. I don't know. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about five ways to bring joy to the Christmas season. Dr. Linda Mental is here with us on Mornings with Carmen. Feelings, nothing more than feelings. I mean, seriously, if all we had was nothing more than feelings, we would just be lost in a sea of mush. Hello, friend. Uh, I'm sure you have noticed by now that feelings are a terrible barometer of the truth. Our feelings are affected by the weather, world events, what we ate last night, whether or not someone we like or love texted or tagged us in a social post, how badly someone else sings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you're feeling lonely right now, I want you to ask yourself, am I really ever truly alone? Of course not. As a follower of Christ, Jesus promises to be with you always. He's literally with you right now in the thick of it, in the midst of whatever circumstances you're dealing with in your life. So I want to be a source of hope and encouragement to you today. If you are struggling to make it, even just to the next moment, if you're feeling lonely, text the word HOPE to 877-933-2484. <laughs> All right. Yes. Thank you for the gift bag idea. Gift bags so much faster than wrapping. You guys are, you guys have lots of great ideas on the text line. Thank you so much. Dr. Linda Mental is here with us this morning. You can find her at drlindamental.com. You should be listening to the Dr. Linda Mental show here on the Faith Radio Network. Um, all right, Linda, five ways to bring joy to the Christmas season. Yeah. I think figuring out your gift wrapping would be one of them. That wasn't in my blog. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting help from the audience, which is great. You know, good ideas here. But the first thing I, I talked about was just really pacing yourself. Uh, so many times I have seen and heard from my patients, you know, I got to Christmas Day, I was exhausted. And I just fell on the couch and I was like, okay, is it done? Is it over? You know, which doesn't sound too joyful to me when I when I hear that experience. So I continuously tell people, pace yourself. You need to get good sleep during this time of the year. You need to pay attention when you're not at parties and events at work or, you know, treats at home. You need to be paying attention to your diet so you can try to eat something a little bit healthy in between. And we actually did a whole show on on weight and holiday and weight gain. I think that may be coming up or it's one we've already done. Um, and then, you know, look at look at how you do things. Uh, can you do things a little bit at a time? So, you know, we're going to, we're going to tackle your guest room in my guest room. I've been going up there every day, Carmen, and just putting a little bit of something away, something that I'm done with. And I can say, okay, I'm going to pick that up or I'm going to put that away or I'm going to put the tissue in a box. And so it doesn't always feel so overwhelming. So pacing yourself really helps with anxiety. The second thing is just stay out of debt. And I'm, I'm really mm -hmm. concerned because it's so tempting and so easy when we had Black Friday and all these deals. I don't know about you, but I get like 10, 15, you know, prices off on everything almost every day in my email. And mm -hmm. if you really are impulsive and you really think, oh, this is a deal, this is a deal, I got to get this, I got to do this now. The problem is January hits and then there's a lot of debt and then people feel highly anxious. So budgeting, staying within a range, you know, choosing people in your family to give gifts to if it's a big family, limiting the amount, all of those things can really help. And then all of this, of course, takes planning. And I think planning is one of the biggest uh, pushes against anxiety, because if you have a plan 
And it was, it's so funny. My son, since he was like two years old and he could talk, he always would come up to us and say, especially to his, to dad, he'd say, dad, I have a plan. And I would be like, okay, Matt, let's go with that plan. What are we, what are we planning today? But he, you know, it's, it's good to plan because if you plan for things, you're not just last minute having a lot of anxiety and, you know, feeling like you got to do something. And then that's when we don't make good decisions. So planning is good. And then I guess the, the big one, and uh, there'll be a blog on this this week is, you know, preparing for the relatives. And what I say to people every year, and every year I'm asked to go on and talk about difficult family members at the holiday, because that's always such an issue. But one of the things I always say is, look, you know what the issues are going to be. Unless the family's been in therapy all year long, nothing much is going to change. So you can plan your your reactions to the family members. You can sit down and think ahead. Okay, I know Uncle Bill's going to say this to me, or I know we're going to start fighting about this. What can I do differently to change that dynamic. And if you plan that and you try that, that's a lot of what I did with with uh, my patients when they were in therapy with me around the holidays was, well, okay, let's, let's think through it. Let's role play it. Let's think of a different way to react to this so that it doesn't blow up and escalate like before. And I know we have a lot of people listening where there may be addiction in their family or some type of, you know, over overindulging during the holidays. And it's perfectly fine to take a time out or to say, you know, I think at this point we're going to be retreating, going somewhere else, but set that up ahead of time. If you're, if you're unclear and you say, I don't want to get into that again this year, here's what we're going to do. So I think that kind of advice really helps. And then of course, the last one is the stuff you talk about all the time, but that is, you know, getting the focus. It's kind of where we started talking today, getting the focus back on the real meaning of Christmas and not getting lost in all the distraction and the things that take away our joy because they really don't bring any kind of hope or redemption or anything. They're just stuff that happens. I think the planning one and the um, preparing one, the preparing, you know, for relatives, I think Mm -hmm. those are connected. I think if I, if I think through who's going to be at a particular event for a particular period of time um, and I can plan not just my responses um, but I can actually plan, I can like plan ahead for some distractions or for some yes. reasons for everybody to get up and go somewhere else or for me to have to get up and go somewhere else. Like if I know, I mean, I'm, if I'm the hostess, I can totally control this, right? I can actually set a timer in the kitchen that's not for anything, but it gives me an excuse <laughs> to get that's up great. from the table and go to the kitchen because yeah. the... Because the buzzer's going Timer's off. up. Yeah. yeah, like, right? And just set, and then go in and do, you know, spend however much time you want to spend in there and then set another timer, like 10 minutes later, like whatever, make, like, make reasons for yourself to have cause to be able to get up. I mean, and yeah. get out of yeah. a conversation. Like I, that's me. And now everybody knows my secret. So. Well, and and I think, too, activities really help. So I think, you know, part of what we talked about in one of the shows that that we did a bunch of Christmas shows on the Is that everything is food-centric? Did we talk about that? That everything centers around food? Yeah. Yeah, that's the weight one. But but we really did talk about this whole idea that you need to build positive memories over the holidays. So it's not really the time to bring up huge conflicts or, (laughs) you know, start talking (laughs) politics or, you know, I mean, election, all that stuff that just makes people a little nuts. What you want to do is try 
try to build some positive moments. So I think getting up and, you know, doing something together, playing games, going outside, throwing a football in the snow, you know, going to the ice skating rink, or we every year went bowling. None of us can bowl. So nice. it's just really That's hilarious. Funny. Bowling is good. Yeah. yeah everybody And everybody yeah. can do it. Yeah. And well, do it. Some people can do it well, well yeah. some people don't, but it's funny because we don't know what we're doing and we just laugh and we have a good time. So just get up and do stuff. Don't sit there on your devices and then, yeah. you know, being bored and looking at each other because that's when people start getting irritable. I think you can, you know, if you plan some activities and get people up and moving and doing something fun, that's really going to create some positive mem- memories. That's good. I'm going to have everybody just wrap gifts. <laughs> there you go. Last minute. Come up here. But you have to, then you're going to have to plan in, who does I know, what. I'm going to have to plan who's going to wrap what. That's exactly That's right. right. <laughs> uh, Linda, as always, thank you so much and Merry Christmas. Yeah, same to all of you. It's such a fun and such a joy to uh, talk about this and, and be able to talk about it from a biblical worldview. So blessings on all of you. Have a great and Merry Christmas. And uh, we'll talk to you again next year. Look at I that. Love that. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's Dr. Linda Mental. You can find her at drlindamental.com. That's where you'll find uh, in times of uncertainty, have the faith of Mary. You'll also find five ways to bring joy to the Christmas season. Ah, oh, do you want to thrive? I mean, I know you do. Like, right? I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't want to thrive? I have a new word for you. Thrival. Way better than survival, right? Thrival. I like it. Um, what does it mean to thrive in the world today? What what kind of vision, what kind of spirit, what kind of resilience, what kind of faith, what kind of perseverance does it take to thrive today as a Christian in the real world? And are you thriving? And if not, why not? Jennifer Hayden Epperson is going to join us next, and we're going to talk about the pioneer's way and how we get on the path beyond just survival, I mean, although that's important, but on a path to thrival. We're going to ask her to define thrival next. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Okay, it's possible that Jennifer is out pioneering something, um, so we haven't quite connected with her yet. So um, this is Carmen, tap dancing. It doesn't sound like tap dancing yet, but it's going to here in just a moment. So um, thank you for all of your great ideas related to my rapping challenge. <clears throat> for those of you um, who are continue to be unaware, um, I have uh, I have gifts that need to be wrapped. People coming expecting to see those wrapped gifts under a tree and really not sufficient time for the wrapping. So I do like the idea that Caroline offered, which is that maybe I just invite some people over and let them wrap my gifts for me. So that that's a fine idea. I don't I don't mind that at all. Um, I also liked uh, the idea of just going and getting gift bags this year. Maybe gift bags is the way to go. I actually have a bunch of ground, brown grocery bags. Maybe I just go that direction this year. Something completely different everybody's gift in a brown paper bag. That uh, that might be fun. Instead of everybody's being in a different wrapping, they're just all exactly the same in a brown paper sack. Kind of like that. Um, thank you to the reminder from the friend who said, hey, do you remember when you talked with those guys about every moment holy? 
there's an every moment holy for wrapping Christmas gifts. And so I pulled it off the shelf and here's what it says. There is a liturgy for the wrapping of Christmas gifts. I'm going to read this from Every Moment Holy from the Every Moment Holy series. That's been, um, it's been a joy in our family. And this is the new one. Oh, great giver of all good gifts. I sit amongst rolls of wrapping paper, tissue, bags, and bows, presents spread before me, ready to be uh, concealed in shrouds of joyful mystery and nestled for a time beneath the tree. This brief veiling of gifts from the wondering eyes of those who will receive them is an act intended to heighten excitement and to kindle hope, hope that might find fulfillment when these festive secrets are finally revealed. There is always in us that which delights in surprise. And while these gifts might provide a passing happiness, I pray they would also stir the hearts of their recipients in some deeper way, as small echoes of a greater grace. Um, For you first lavished upon us your astonishing love in the person of Jesus. You wrapped your gift, O God, in the form of a baby. And then in that baby become man, you unveiled glory upon glory, Miracles, marvelous words, deeds of compassion and mercy, strong promises, death defeated, life eternal, the revelation of yourself as a dear, dear father, longing to adopt us orphans as daughters and sons. Indeed, we love because you first loved us. In our giving of Christmas gifts, we but seek to imitate your generosity. So let our stumbling attempts to mirror the eternal charities of your own lavish heart be undertaken in a spirit of glad celebration, even as an act of worship. Christ, you are the gift of God who gave all, gives all, is all. So let these, my small presents, be offered in great love and received as humble expressions of a holy hospitality and reminders of a divine kindness. Now, may the lives of all your children be evermore marked by a loving generosity manifest in daily acts of practical service to one another. And may my own heart in particular be kept less and less like a wrapped and sealed mystery, but be freely offered instead as an open gift through which the radiant love of Christ is made more visible to each and all. Amen. What a, what a delightful reminder. Um, every moment holy, you'll just remember as these liturgies for daily living. And um, thank you for the reminder from the friend who who texted in and said, hey, hey, there's a, uh, there's a liturgy for wrapping Christmas gifts. <laughs> I love that. That's so lovely. Um, all right. So thrival is a mindset. I'll just go ahead and, and brief you in. Um, Jennifer Hayden Epperson is the author of The Pioneer's Way, leading a trailblazing life that builds meaning for your family, your community, and you. And in it, um, she, she I mean, I was going to say she wanders around, but she really lays out and walks with us on a path of what a pioneering life might look like for the Christian. And chapter seven is called Thrival. And I was captivated by this idea, and so I was going to ask her to talk about it. But um, she's uh, she's not with us, so I'm just going to go ahead and talk about what it means to thrive. And the image that she sets out at the beginning of the chapter 
is is something that um, is easy for us to imagine and resonate with. So she's describing it as walking down her driveway to collect her mail. And, you know, she's got her, her mail in her hands as she turns around. And, you know, you, you know how you do that. You kind of like go through the stack to sort of see what's in there. And a bright flash of color sort of caught her eye out of her peripheral vision. And so she turned aside. I, I imagine much like Moses turned aside to see the burning bush that didn't burn, but, you know, but was burning. Yeah. So this pop of color caught her attention out of the side eye. Uh, and it was this rose, um, what she describes as a moss rose, a, a single blooming moss rose plant growing up through a tiny crack in the concrete. And this was a blistering hot day in the summer. And so she talks about the resilience of of a plant and how it you know, will strive through so much in order to thrive. And in this case, you know, not only breaking out of its little shell and forcing its way up through the soil to the light, but then through this crack in uh in 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 the concrete, you know, coming up so that it can rise toward the sun and where its little leaves will be able to collect the water that comes in the morning dew. How much do we struggle? to reach toward the sun? How much do we strive to put our life out there where we can actually access the living water uh, of who Christ is? I mean, or do we just sort of sitting, hoping, waiting that it's just going to all, you know, flow to us as if as if we just sit there and wait, you know, that all the good is going to come? Um, there is striving required in the Christian life. There's no question about it. And so this idea that we would develop a pioneering spirit, that we would um, be people who um, who desire to go further and reach further and explore and see more and invest and cultivate, um, that we wouldn't just be people who enjoy the bounty of God's good creation, but that we would be the people who would actually get out there and proactively cultivate the culture that God might get for himself a harvest of righteousness over the course of time for generations to come. So later in the book, she offers this, uh, what I'll just, she describes as a portrait of a pioneer. So, and again, I'm talking about Jennifer Epperson's book, The Pioneer's Way. And in this portrait of a pioneer, she starts with a blank canvas. And so I want, um, I, I want you to just imagine right now a blank canvas that piece of cloth, backed or framed, right? It's designed for painting. Is it white? I mean, in your mind's eye, is it white? Is it square? What might you put on it? How might you approach the blank canvas? Are you going to approach it with a pencil? Are you going to approach it with paint? Are you going to approach it with mixed medium? Are you going to build up the canvas so that it has texture? Are you going to start with one base color and then build it out? It's a blank canvas. What would you and I look like as a blank canvas? Can you even imagine your life as a blank canvas right now? What about the future? What if the future were a blank canvas? And you say to yourself, I am not a blank canvas, nor is the future a blank canvas. Okay, 
That is true. Um, but you are also not already who God intends for you to be. Neither am I. We are works in progress. The Holy Spirit is actively working within us right now to bring us into greater and greater conformity with the will of God, with the character of Christ. You are a masterpiece, and the master is still working on you. Are you a mixed medium? (laughs) Um, How far along is this work of art that God is making of you? And what you are making of the part of the world over which he has set you as a steward. And you may say to yourself, I'm, I'm, God hasn't set me over much. All right, we'll be faithful with the little over which he has set you in order that, like the good steward in the parable, you might be given more to steward. I mean, if you complain and grumble that God has not set you as a steward over very much, well, God, God hasn't entrusted me with very much. Well, don't grumble about that. Be a really good steward of the little over which he has set you as a steward in order that, oh, good and faithful servant, he might set you over more. Now, there is also sort of the mess of creative um, artwork. So I want you to just note for a moment the giant mess that an artist makes on the way to a masterpiece. So be it a a piece of stone that eventually becomes a beautiful chiseled sculpture and the mess that is created in the meantime, or a canvas that takes time, much time, layers of time, for the final product of the artwork to actually be seen and appreciated. And the mess in the meantime. Maybe you could think about the mess that is created in the cultivating of a field, <laughs> uh, in the bringing forth a harvest of, uh, of good food. And then, yes, maybe you could think of the mess that it is to raise a kid. Like, right? So the pioneering spirit of the Christian um, recognizes that The artist, the pioneer, the shepherd sees the farmer, sees the final product, even when there is only a blank canvas or a little baby or a fallow field. And God sees in you a masterpiece. Right now, to you, it might look and feel like a mess. But God is at work, um, and God is cultivating for himself a glory. We're going to continue uh, looking at a few things from the Pioneer's Way. Jennifer Hayden Epperson is the author, um, and because there's a couple of other things in here that I want to highlight before we move on to a different topic. But one and one of them is like, how do we how do we collect together? how do we draw together pioneers in a way that we create a constellation of luminaries? Like, right, how do we find other shiny people with whom we can live this pioneering life of the Christian in the culture today? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. 
Thanks so much for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show we do on the Faith Radio Network every day. There is a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources waiting for you to take advantage of and share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. Be sure to check us out on social media as well. Um, This is a community of believers, and we gather together here and We all need prayer, and, well, we'd love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer. We pray for specific requests every single week when we gather on Tuesdays and Thursdays as a staff. So share your prayer request with us anonymously and securely on our website at MyFaithRadio.com, and then be assured of our prayers for you in the Spirit of Christ. Check it all out at MyFaithRadio.com. So sometimes we uh, we make a plan, um, and it doesn't work out exactly as we had anticipated. And so today, we had planned to be having a conversation with author Jennifer Hayden Epperson. She's the author of The Pioneer's Way. And because we are surprised um, that she's not here with us, we're going we're gonna to pause to pray for her and whatever it is that has disrupted the plan for her to be here. So, Holy God, we come before you now. We acknowledge our sister in Christ, Jennifer. You know where she is. You know what she's facing today. And you know why she's not here with us in this conversation. And we trust you. We love you. um, And we just acknowledge your goodness and your grace, your provision. And we just ask for um, whatever's needed uh, in her life and in her family today uh, that you would Send forth the resources necessary for the meeting of the need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Jennifer is, um, is it, it, it's not a flutist. Don't, am I saying that correct? Is it flautist? It's the person who plays the flute. All right, you can correct me, but it's hard to correct me on the text line when I mispronounce something because um, then I got to figure out what you've told me in terms of how I'm supposed to pronounce it. So the person that plays the flute, she's also a visual artist. And she's written a book called The Pioneer's Way, Leading a Trailblazing Life That Builds Meaning for Your Family, Your Community, and You. I like her a lot, and, um, and at some point in the future, I'm sure we will have an opportunity to, to talk with her. One of the things that she, um, that she lays out in, um, in the book, and this is toward the end, is really the need for those of us who, I will just say, have a pioneering spirit or want to cultivate a pioneering spirit, that we find uh, like-minded Christians, and that we, her description of it is, we create constellations, that we align with the luminaries, right? So I have described this um, in my own life and over the course of time as like figuring out who are the shiny ones, who, you know, like, and and then just describing them as such. And you have heard me talk about certain people in that way, like, she's a shiny one. <laughs> He's one of the shiny ones. So um, they are people who radiate Christ with such, it's so obvious, like it's just like it's beaming. Um, I want to be with those people. I want to be near them. I want to be around them. I want to be aligned with them. I want to know where they're headed. Um, I want to, you know, I want to show up where they are um, because it's obvious to me that God is active in their life and working through them. And so I'm attracted to that like a moth to a flame, right? So she talks about that. She talks about um, how you create constellations 
um, and and find yourself in the mix of other people who are uh, like minded. And we call when we say like minded here, we're talking about the mind of Christ. She also focuses on the future, right? And so pioneers are going to be those people who are focused on the future. Um, and for each and every one of us, um, I think that's imperative as well. My mom used to say, <clears throat> um, my mom has all these little little phrases and sayings. So um, uh, there's one about, you can't land on the runway behind you. And and so that's, you know, the, the sort of the forward-looking, um, you know, where are you headed and what are you focused on and what are you paying attention to? And when we talk about hope springing eternal, we are not talking about something that is unattainable. We are actually talking about something we have already attained and to which we hold fast. And so hope is secure and certain in a person whose name is Jesus Christ. And so it's not as if we're hoping for something mystical or magical or ethereal. We're actually hoping for and in the one who has already given himself to us and for us. So when we talk about hope and we talk about landing on the runway ahead, because you can't land on the runway behind you, like right? It's in, that is in the rearview mirror. And it's one thing to to look back, to glance back, because we do need to learn from the past and we do need to appreciate the past, but you can't live there. And some folks are so nostalgic that they never um, look toward nor live toward the future. And so one of the conversations that she has in this book, you know, in terms of the pioneering spirit is that need to celebrate Yes, absolutely, and stand on the shoulders of those who have gone before us, but you can't live in the past. You can't dwell there. Um, That's not where God calls us to live. And so how do we live as Christians in the culture today with a pioneering spirit, cultivating the culture um, where God has ordained that we should live, planting seeds of faith, planting seeds of peace, cultivating a harvest of righteousness unto God and to his glory? That's the pioneer's way. And what does it look like to do that together? Okay, yes, thank you to all of you on the text line who are um, offering me flautist, flautist, rhymes with aboutist. (laughs) Aboutist is not a word. I I pretty much know that for sure. But yes, I get it when you say rhymes with aboutist, that it is flautist. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, there you go. Why, why isn't it spelled that way? That would be my question. What is, what is wrong with just spelling things the way they sound? Because that would be super duper helpful to me. All right. Well, there you go. All right. Um, hey, I've had a good time this morning. I hope you have had a good time as well. I am absolutely making a list. It's quite long now. Making a list of all of you who have, um, who have texted in this morning your prayer concerns. Um, and I would invite you to continue to do that. Um, do you need a Christmas miracle? Does somebody in your family need a Christmas miracle? Um, I would like to add you to my Christmas list, right? Because that's what I'm praying for this Christmas. I am praying for Christmas miracles, for God to invade whatever the darkness is in your life or the life of someone that you love and to shine so brightly that Christ cannot be ignored. 
So I have um, Carrie and Kathy and Karen and Kim and Rick and Jill and Sharon and Carolyn and Becky and Andrew and Darla and Luis and Nancy Ann and Jim and Novelia and Cecile and Derek already on my list this morning. I'd like to put you on my list as well. Text me. Um, Kathy, thanks so much. You text me if you need a miracle. You need a Christmas miracle. I'll add you to my list. 877-933-2484. God knows your need. He's the miracle maker. He's the miracle giver. He is the miracle, right? Jesus is the one who comes. And so um, God knows who you are and God knows your need. Just let me know and I'll be holding you up in my prayers as well. If you need a Christmas miracle, your family needs a Christmas miracle. I'd like to be praying for you in that way. Um, And you can be praying for me and my family. Um, Each and every one of us needs God to show up in particular ways. And that's exactly what he does in the person of Christ. He is Emmanuel, God with us condescended to our reality, the hope of the world, the good news, and the great joy. God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.